Well, I wonder if you've heard the story about the fitness center that they had an experience in recently, that uh, the fitness center was filled with people working out on different machines and such, and somewhere along the way in the course of people working out, somebody's phone rang, and a guy that was working on a machine turns over to the phone, and he hits the speaker button, and he says, hello, and a woman's voice responds back. She says, hi, babe, you at the gym working out? He said, yes. She said, well, I just wanted to touch base with you because I've been out doing some shopping today, and I wanted to touch base on kind of what I've been looking at and doing. And she said, right now I'm in this really cool clothing store, and they've got big sale on their coats, and they've got this leather coat that I've been dying to get for a long time. It's 2000 bucks. Do you think I should get it? And the man responds, well, sure, honey. I bet it'll look great on you. She says, that's fantastic. And, you know, I went by the range, uh, the Land Rover dealer earlier today because we've been looking at that new model, a Land Rover, and she said, they've got a big sale on them right now, and the one we've been looking at is 90000 bucks. She said, what do you think about that? And he said, oh, that's great. Just make sure it's got all the bells and whistles that I want in it. And she says, oh, that's so fantastic, honey. Thanks so much. And the last thing I just want to say is I got a call from Janie this morning. Janie, our realtor, do you remember her? She was the woman that was helping us look at that condo that we really wanted that was for sale that was well over a million dollars, and, and, and we couldn't buy it then, but... She, she called me to let me know that it's, been back, it's go, gone back on the market, and they're only asking $980,000 for it now. So what do you think? Should we go ahead? Should, should I cut her loose? And he said, yeah, that's great. He said, why don't you offer $900,000 and see if they'll counter back, whatever it is. And, but, but we could go up to nine eighty. dollars It's still a bargain at that price. And, and, and she responds, honey, you're just the greatest. I can't wait to see you later on. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye. And he says, bye, and he hits this end button. And he turns around and looks at everybody, and they're all incredulous. They can't believe what they've just heard. And he grabs the phone, he picks it up, he says, Hey, anybody know whose phone this is? <laughs> it, it's a reminder to us that you have to be careful whose voice you listen to. Because if you're listening to the wrong voice, it will get your life in a world of trouble. When I was in sixth grade, I graduated from Cub Scouts into Boy Scouts, big, big moment in my young life, and uh, one of my friends, his name was Drew, was in a grade older than I. He was already in Boy Scouts. He was one of those bigger kids that you look up to when you're a littler kid, and he, he called me at the house and said, hey, boy, we've got Boy Scouts tonight. Why don't you come by my house, and, and we'll walk together to Boy Scouts. I said, yeah, that's great. Okay, so I head over to Drew's house. And he, he welcomes me in. He says, oh, i got to get my jacket. So he says, just follow me. And we're going back to, toward his bedroom. And we pass through the kitchen. And we get in the kitchen. And he stops. And, and he reaches down. And he grabs uh, some kibble out of a bowl that looks like cat food. And he stops. And it appears to me that he's taking some up. And he pops some in his mouth. And he starts chewing it. And he goes, mmm, man, this stuff, that is so good. I can't believe cat food is so tasty. And, and, you know, it's, it's got to have a bunch of sugar in it or something. I don't know why we don't just eat cat food because it's so inexpensive, and yet it's so really delicious. And he looks at me and he says, Briggs, have you ever tried cat food? And I said, no. And he reaches down and picks up the bowl, and he shoves it out to me. He says, go ahead. I wouldn't lead you astray. It's really, really good. And you know what I did. You know where this is going, right? I reach into there, and I take some out, and I pop them in my mouth, and I take a bite, and I almost throw up on my friend because this is such terrible-tasting stuff. And he just busts out laughing. He's on the floor rolling around. He says, Briggs, you are so doggone gullible. 
And he reminded me of that day for all of my days up until he graduated from high school and he was gone. Praise the Lord, say amen to that, right? You got to be careful about whose voice you're listening to. Because if you're listening to the wrong voice, it will get you into trouble every single time. Whose voice are you listening to? You have a lot of people that want to speak into your life. Your parents, your grandparents, your kids, teachers, students, bosses, coworkers. Oh, there's all kinds of people that want to speak into your life. What about what you watch on TV? What about what you look at on the internet? What about what you listen to uh, on a, a podcast or, or uh, just listening to some kind of music of some kind? What, what kind of voices are you listening to? You have to be careful about whose voice you're listening to. Because if you're listening to the wrong voice, it will get your life in a world of trouble. Today I want to talk to you about two men who were looking for the voice, searching for the voice. The first one, his name was Philip, knew the voice. Uh, the story that I'm going to read to you from Acts 8 is a story that involves Philip. He was one of Jesus' disciples. He knew Jesus. He walked and lived with Jesus. He was there when Jesus died. He was there in the aftermath of that. He was there three days later when Jesus rose from the dead and the word came from the women that the tomb was empty. Let the church say amen. He lived in the days beyond the resurrection of Jesus because he walked and talked with Jesus for those next 40 days. And at Pentecost, he was there in that room, right? He was there with the disciples. And the Spirit of God descended on the disciples and the Holy Spirit was given to Christ's followers and that began the life of the church. And life was always different from that day on for Philip. The other man that I'm going to bring to your attention, we don't know his name, he is known as an Ethiopian eunuch, and he was in charge of the queen's treasury for the country of Ethiopia in that day, a very powerful man, and the story unfolds for us in Acts chapter 8, so I invite you to follow along with me, I'm going to read verses 26 through 40, tells us about the story of Philip and the Ethiopian, listen for the word of the Lord. As for Philip, an angel of the Lord said to him, Go south down the desert road that runs from Jerusalem to Gaza. So he started out, and he met the treasurer of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under the Candake, the queen of Ethiopia. The eunuch had gone to Jerusalem to worship, and he was now returning. Seated in his carriage, he was reading aloud from the book of the prophet Isaiah. The Holy Spirit said to Philip, Go over and walk along beside the carriage. Philip ran over and heard the man reading from the prophet Isaiah. Philip asked, Do you understand what you are reading? The man replied, How can I, unless someone instructs me? And he urged Philip to come up into the carriage and sit with him. The passage of scripture he had been reading was this. He was led like a sheep to the slaughter. As a lamb is silent before the shearers, he did not open his mouth. He was humiliated and received no justice. Who can speak of his descendants? For his life was taken from the earth. The eunuch asked Philip, tell me, was the prophet talking about himself or someone else? So beginning with the same scripture, Philip told him the good news about Jesus. As they rode along, they came to some water, and the eunuch said, look, 
There's some water. Why can't I be baptized? He ordered the carriage to stop, and they went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. When they came up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away. The eunuch never saw him again, but went on his way rejoicing. Meanwhile, Philip found himself farther north at the town of Azotus. He preached the good news there and in every town along the way until he came to Caesarea. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Now, I want to invite you to think for a moment about this amazing journey. Uh, This Ethiopian man has gone to the temple to worship, and he's heading back home. Here's a little map of what that journey might have looked like. You see Jerusalem there. He's leaving Jerusalem and going to Gaza. And please understand, he's from Ethiopia, so he's got to go past Gaza and down into Africa before he will get home. It's a long journey. This is a journey of about 50, maybe 60 miles. If you got in your car and you drove around the west side of the loop and got on I-30 and headed east, you would get to Mesquite before you'd accomplish the the distance that these guys traveled uh, on that road. It's a long journey. Think of walking 50 or 60 miles, how long a journey that would be. And along the way, Philip has this amazing experience of introducing himself to this man. This is a man who was looking for the voice, searching for the voice, speaking with a man who knew the voice. This man was searching, the Ethiopian was, searching for the voice, the voice of hope. Now, one of the things that we need to be clear about is that in this day, uh, there were many people who would come to the Jews and say, we like your religion. How do I find out more about that? And they would enter into training in order to become a Jew. If you went through the training course that the Jews had in that day, you would become what was known as a proselyte. You weren't born a Jew. You, you, you got there through the training. And this Ethiopian man was curious about this religion called Judaism. And he was curious in large measure because of what they were known for. They were known for worshiping one God. And that was unusual in that day and age because most people worshiped many gods. They, they had the, the God du jour, if you will. But Judaism proclaimed one God. And the second thing about Judaism was that it had a, a, a great moral and ethical foundation that it taught in, in the midst of what the Jews were doing. And, and it, it, it drew people to them because people began to recognize that all these different gods were confusing and it just didn't feel right. So there was an allure, there was a draw to this idea of what Judaism was all about. So this Ethiopian man, no doubt, wanted to learn more about what does it mean to be a follower? What does it mean to be a Jew? What does it mean to know the voice, the very voice of God? And the story teaches us that if you'll listen to the voice of God, God will then tell you where to move in your life. And maybe some of you here today are struggling because you're struggling with a business decision or something in a relationship that's not right or some other issue that may be going on, and you're struggling with it. And part of the message of this story is, look, you and I need to be consulting God every single day as much as we can in our awareness all day long to help God invite us to show the direction that we need to go in our lives. Philip listened to the voice of God, and then he moved. He didn't move until he heard that voice. And because Philip listened, Philip was told where to stand. Did you get that? The angel of the Lord said, I want you to go down to the road of Gaza, and I want you to wait there. Now, if the Spirit of God spoke to you and said, I want you to go and stand on the corner of Azel Avenue and Boat Club Road, let me ask you, would you go? 
If you felt like God was telling you to go, would you go? Philip went. He didn't go until he was convicted that this is what God wanted him to do. He went and he stood on the road. And sure enough, it says that the angel gave him direction to go down to the road to Gaza. So Philip was told where to go. He was told where, when to move. The Spirit told him when the carriage came by, go on up to that carriage that's coming by right now. So the Spirit told him when to move. And then it says that the man was, was reading from the book of Isaiah. And, and then it's, it tells us that then Philip spoke. So the Spirit spoke to Philip and Philip began to speak. So the, the Spirit told him when to speak. And then finally, the Spirit told him what to say. Because Philip heard the reading of Isaiah 53. He went up to the carriage. He, the, he asked the man, do you understand what you are reading? And the man said, no, I would love it if you would explain it to me. And invited him up into the carriage in order for him to clearly speak about what was going on. And Philip, it says, begins with the passage that the man has been reading, Isaiah 53. And he begins to tell the man about that this is a prophetic word. This is a prophetic voice speaking about this man that I know, Jesus. And then he tells the Ethiopian man the story of Jesus. He says, Jesus is the fulfillment of all these things. That, that I know Jesus. That I saw Jesus. I lived with Jesus. I spoke to Jesus. I was there when he died. I was also there. I saw him after he rose from the dead. And then I was there on that day when he ascended into heaven. I was there when the Spirit of God descended on us and give us the gift of the Holy Spirit in order to speak and know the Spirit of God. And because the Spirit descended on us, I recognized, I realized that Jesus' coming was all about His leaving, His dying and His leaving, because when He left, He gave us the Spirit of God to dwell in us. And no doubt, Philip told the Ethiopian man, if you want to know about the voice, if you want to know about truth, if you want to know about purpose, you have to invite Jesus to be the leader of your life. You have to invite Jesus to be the leader of your life. And no doubt the Ethiopian did this because the next thing we hear in the passage is they're continuing their journey and they come upon an oasis or they come upon some small body of water, large body of water. I don't have any idea what kind of a body of water it was, but the, the, the scripture tells us that the eunuch says, hey, look, there's some water. Why shouldn't I be baptized? The man has obviously accepted Jesus because Philip has told him what it takes. You accept Jesus and then you get baptized. And the man says, hey, why can't I get baptized now? And Philip says, hey, great idea. And so they get out and they go down into the water and Philip baptizes him. And then essentially he disappears from his sight and shows up next in Azotus, which is about 40 miles, 50 miles to the north from there. It's an amazing, amazing story. As a result of the story, the man hears the voice, the voice of truth, the voice of purpose that he's never experienced before, and his life was forever changed. Whose voice are you listening to? I want to ask you today to be bold with yourself for a few moments and ask yourself the question, have I really made the decision in my heart to become a follower of Jesus Christ. There are some of you here today, and, and perhaps, and I'm sure some that are watching online, that, that have never made the step 
from getting their relationship with God out of their heads and into their hearts. Now, now let, let me rephrase that and say, because I don't, don't want to suggest to you that you've got to get it out of your head. You've got to have Jesus in your head. You've got to have a head knowledge of Jesus, but you've got to also have a heart knowledge of Jesus as well. And I want to ask you today to be real with yourself about whether or not you've actually done that. Have you, have you seriously made the decision to become a follower of Jesus? You know, one of the liabilities of a church and hanging around a church for a while, one of the liabilities is that if you hang around the church for a while, people look at you and they say, well, you must be a Christian because you're hanging around the church. But as I've said many times before, walking into a church doesn't make you a Christian any more than walking into a hen house gives you the ability to lay an egg. It doesn't work that way. You don't just walk in the building and make, that doesn't make you a Christian. What makes you a Christ follower is that you've made the decision like that eunuch did, like that Ethiopian man did, that you've made the decision to become a follower of Jesus Christ on your own. And some of you are resistant to that because you're struggling with your head. We, had, uh, we, we have this idea that we can figure things out, but one of the key things about a relationship with Jesus is about being able to say, I can't figure it out. My life is a bust. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there. I don't know how I'm going to get down the road, God. I need your help. And I want to invite you today to, to seriously think about and, and pray over and ponder whether or not you've made that decision to become a follower of Jesus. Some of us in this room become followers of Jesus at a young age, and then we drift away because we've got our fire insurance. We've got our insurance policy. I'm going to go to heaven someday. I've got my policy. But you rob yourself of the joy of Jesus every single day when you have that kind of mindset about your relationship with Jesus. You rob yourself of joy every single day when you just think, hey, I can do whatever I want because I've got my fire insurance plan. You've got to make a, that decision every day. You've got to wake up every day and say, man, this is another great day. Another great day I get to serve the Lord because he's been so good to me. And some of you are on the fence. Some of you are, are on the fence because you're not sure. You're like, well, I'm not sure if God's real. I'm not sure if God isn't. Uh, let me ask you, do you feel in your heart that your life is not working? Do you feel in your heart that there's brokenness there because you can't figure things out on your own? You can't make it right? As much as you try, you try to get joy in your life, you try to get purpose in your world, but you wrestle with it, you work on it, because we're all controlling us to some degree, aren't we? We want control about our lives. We, we think we can figure it out on our own, but you can't. That's why God sent Jesus, because you can't get right with God in any other way. It takes you getting right with God through Jesus. I had the privilege yesterday of presiding over a service for Donna Frieda Wells' granddaughter, Mackenzie, that died at the age of 23 of leukemia. And you want to talk about a tragedy? That's a tragedy. 23 years old? Come on. That, that young woman had hardly begun to live, and yet she got leukemia, and she's now gone. But you know the thing that I, that I love about Mackenzie is that Mackenzie, while she was here with us, she was a part of Lighthouse, she and her mom and, and her dad for about 10 years, she was raised up in our kids' ministry. She learned about Jesus when she was young. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. I baptized her in the lake over at the Bozars' house on Lake Worth about 12 years ago or 13 years ago because she had decided to follow Jesus. She listened to the voice and she knew it was real and it changed her life. And yesterday when we had her service, I appealed to those people there, look, if you don't know that joy, you need to go, you need to get it now. 
So I want to ask you, I want to be bold with you. I want to say, look, folks, it's time to get off the fence. It's time to quit pretending that you're a follower of Jesus. It's time to quit saying, oh, I'm walking into the church and therefore I am a Christian. That doesn't make you a Christian, friends. You've got to make a decision. It's, it's a life decision that will ensure that you find joy and peace and power in your life today. And oh, by the way, you get to live eternally as a result of that decision as well. And so I, I want to give you some time this morning to make sure that you're right with God. And I want to give you some time this morning, whether you're watching online or in here, to, to trust Jesus maybe for the first time. To give your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. And I want to I invite you to do that by, by, by joining me in a directed prayer. And a directed prayer is simply, as I've done over the last couple of weeks, a directed prayer is simply me praying a line and then you praying it back. And, and, and don't let me force feed you any words. It, it, as the words come to you, if they're genuine in your life, if you feel they resonate here, if they're genuine here, then you should say them. And, and some of you who are already Christian, it's not a bad thing for you to recommit your life to Jesus through these words today as well. Because there's no finer decision, that, no greater decision you can make in your entire life than to become a follower of Jesus Christ. So I've said it once, I've said it twice, I've said it maybe three times. Come on, friends. Pick up, pick up your hands. Pick your hands out. You got your hands? Put them out, right? Now look at your hands. Look at your hands. Anybody, anybody not think this is miraculous? Anybody, anybody not think these things are amazing, right? They are incredibly amazing. Now think about the rest of your body. Think about your nose and your eyes and your ears and your mouth and your heart and your bladder and your kidney and your colon and uh, let's get a little bit too personal there but <laughs> think about it all and think about this and think about what a miracle it is and 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 people have the audacity to think that this is happened by accident are you kidding me that that natural selection over millions of years could produce this are you kidding me the chances of that happening are so minuscule when you look at the scientific evidence it is crazy that we wake up in the morning and don't celebrate God's love every single day because this gift is a gift quit thinking you can make it and do it on your own and make the decision today right now to say I'm going to follow Jesus so bow your head and your heart with me would you please and we're going to pray this prayer together dear God I want to be a part of your family. The Bible teaches that if I acknowledge that you raised Jesus from the dead and that I accept him as the leader of my life, I would be saved. So God, I believe you raised Jesus, that he is alive. And right now on this day, I accept him as my Lord, my leader, my Savior, and I accept your free gift of forgiveness of my sin. Thank you, God, for loving me. I love you. Amen. Now, Kelly is going to sing a song 
that some of you may have heard before. It's, it's a song that says, I will never be the same again. Reflect for a few moments on the song, the words as you hear it. And as you reflect, may you and your heart celebrate the goodness of God, that God loves you so much that he sent his one and only son to die just for you. Let's listen and let's reflect and let's celebrate the goodness of God. I will never be same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path I will run the race and I will never be the same again. Sing, I will never be, I will never be same again. I can never return. I've closed the door. I will walk the path. same again oh fall like fire soak like rain flow like mighty waters 
I will, I, I will never be the same again. I will never be the same again. Because of Jesus living in me, each day is a new day, a new gift. If you're here in this place today or listening to my voice, please know the two things. The first is, accept Jesus. Accept Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. When the service ends in just a few moments, if you have accepted Jesus, I want to invite you to make your way, instead of going out the doors, I want to invite you to come over here to this door over here. Myself and a couple of other folks from our church would love the opportunity to celebrate with you about the decision that you just made in your life. We had one gentleman after the first service this morning come over and, and commit his life to Jesus Christ. And, and, and the second part of it is the next step after you accept Jesus is to get baptized. And guess what's going to happen next week? We're going to be baptizing people next week. And, and if you're here today and you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I pray that you would, in a moment, instead of going out, come over here so we can celebrate with you and so that we can get you lined up to get baptized next week. It will be a grand opportunity for us to celebrate what God has done and is doing in you. So accept Jesus, get baptized. And if you've not accepted Jesus, come to the door here in just a moment. Now, before we go, I want you to stand. And I, I want you to, to be aware of, of a couple things. In Luke 15, one of my favorite chapters in all the Bible, Jesus tells three stories. A story about the shepherd that had a lost sheep, and there were 99 that were in the fold. And he tells about a woman that had 10 coins, and one of them was lost. And then he tells a story about the son, the prodigal son that gets lost and then returns to his father. And Jesus uses that to illustrate to us how God feels about people who don't know Jesus, people who are lost. And he says, Jesus does, that when that one who is lost is found, that, that, that Jesus says all of heaven, all of heaven, all of heaven rejoices in that one. So all the millions and millions and millions of people that are in heaven right now and all of the angels of God right now, they are celebrating because somebody made a decision to follow Jesus today. And so I want to ask you, I, I, wanna, I, want you to, I want you to bear with me for a moment and be a Cowboys fan for just a moment, okay? And I want, I want to put you at the football game tonight on the 50-yard line and the Vikings are ahead by four, and the Cowboys are going down the field, and there's 30 seconds left, and Dak Prescott throws a bomb to Amari Cooper, and he scores, and they win by three. Let the church say amen. Uh, come on. You're supposed to be Cowboy fans just for a moment, okay? But, but here's what I want you to hear about that. If you're in the stadium and you're a Cowboy fan, you're chewing your guts out. You're screaming at the top of your lungs because uh, of what's going on there. Is somebody getting into heaven a little bit more important than winning a football game? Yeah. So on three, let's cheer. Let's cheer for those that have accepted Jesus today, who will accept at the next service, who will accept it later on today. Let's cheer because God is getting the victory today. On three. One, two, three. Woo! Yeah! Yeah!
life God has given us in Jesus. Go in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go and listen to the voice and move when he speaks in your life. And your life will never be the same because you've heard the voice of God. Let the people of God say amen. Have a great week and a blessed day.